You're listening to Preston's Poetry Podcast. I recently got the suggestion to maybe try to talk about different types of poems. I then looked at a list of types of poems, and I came upon some list of over a thousand types. Now, maybe in the course of time, I will be able to make a thousand different episodes that happen to cover that entire list. But forgive me for my doubt that that will eventually happen. Nevertheless, there is a type of poem that I like that is actually a little bit rare, but has some very famous examples. It's called an obad. An obad is a poem taking place in a pretty specific situation. It's almost like a serenade, a sort of song poem at daybreak. Except the obad is presumed to be taking place at dawn after a night with a lover. We should presume that this night was probably pretty sleepless. There are often poetic outbursts of love and healthy sexuality. They are erotic, but hardly ever obscene. Today's obad is a very old one. It's by a very famous poet named John Donne. We don't know when exactly it was written, but it was published the year of John Donne's death in 1633. John Donne was raised Catholic, but became an Anglican clergyman. And in his work, there are many poems about God, such as Batter My Heart, Three-Person God. There is a kind of sensory, visceral quality to John Donne's poetry that has inspired people ever since. Even blues philosopher Dr. Cornell West has mentioned that he likes the viscerality of Donne's poetry. Another poem called The Flea by John Donne talks about the marriage between him and a woman as the mingling of their blood within a flea that bit both of them. He could have said, like the book of Genesis, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But somehow, that's even less physical, less earthly than the mingling of two bloods within a flea. In any case, that's not what this episode is about, but perhaps we'll talk about that another time. Suffice it here to say that John Donne, although a rather old poet who wrote this poem some 400 years ago, is still to this day known as an example for how to engage our senses, reconnect lofty ideas to our bodies. So it's apt that he wrote in Obad. It's old language, I know, but have a listen and then we'll break it down. The Sun Rising by John Donne Busy old fool, unruly son, why dost thou thus through windows and through curtains call on us? Must to thy motions lovers' seasons run? Saucy pedantic wretch, go chide late schoolboys and sour apprentices. Go tell court huntsmen that the king will ride. Call country ants to harvest offices. Love, all alike, no season knows, nor climb, nor hours, days, months, which are the rags of time. Thy beams so reverend and strong, 
Why shouldst thou think? <laughs> I could eclipse and cloud them with a wink. But that I would not lose her sight so long. If her eyes have not blinded thine, look, and tomorrow late, tell me, whether both the Indias of spice and mine be where thou left them, or lie here with me. Ask for those kings whom thou sawst yesterday, and thou shalt hear, all here in one bed lay. She's all states, and all princes I, nothing else is. Princes do but play us. Compared to this, all honors mimic, all wealth alchemy. Thou, son, art half as happy as we, in that the world's contracted thus. Thine age asks ease, and since thy duties be to warm the world, that's done in warming us. Shine here to us, and thou art everywhere. This bed thy center is, these walls thy sphere. If this were the beginning of a TV show, we would see the sun just peeking over the horizon into a window. The line between shadow and light then moves below an unclothed man's open eye. He turns to the sun, squinting and annoyed. The man then gets frustrated, sits up and gripes at the sun to leave him alone. Ah, busy old fool, unruly sun, why dost thou thus through windows and curtains call on us? He asks the sun if it's so important that lovers have to operate on the sun's time schedule. Quote, must to thy emotions lovers' seasons run? He then tells the sun to go do something else, to go fuss at tardy schoolboys, tell the kingsmen who ride at dawn to go get on their horses, go wake the ants to go about their military business, but not them. No. Love works on a different schedule. Quote, Love all alike, no season knows, nor climb, nor hours, days, months, which are the rags of time. He then says about the sun's light intruding on their cuddle sesh, Thy beam so reverend and strong, what makes you think you have any authority here? Quote, Why shouldst thou think? You think those sunbeams are so powerful? Pfft. I could eclipse and cloud them with a wink. But then here comes the reason he doesn't wink. But that I would not lose her sight so long. He goes on to say her eyes are more radiant. If her eyes have not blinded thine, look. And he's pulling a bit of a fast one on the sun now. And tomorrow late, tell me whether both the Indias of spice and mine be where thou left them or lie here with me. That is, go ahead, son, and uh, go ahead and check on the other side of the world. Uh, go ahead and bring the night back. And while you're leaving us alone, go ahead and tell us that the world's riches of spice and gold are in the Indias, or whether they're here, in this bed lying beside me. And if you ask where all the kings and world powers are, thou shalt hear, all here in one bed lay. The man feels like 
all the world is meant for them and that nothing else matters. She's all states and all princes I. Nothing else is. Princes do but play us. And also other ideas of riches and power. Princes do but play us. Compared to this, all honor is mimic. All wealth, alchemy, meaning it's just half-grade, made-up wealth. He goes on to say that they, the couple, are the world. And if it's the sun's job to warm the world, that's done and warming us. Shine here to us, and thou art everywhere. This bed thy center is, these walls thy sphere. What poets love about John Donne is this sensuality, this visceral quality. But there's more going on here. You may remember from another episode on Walt Whitman that we talked about something called a conceit, that is, an extended metaphor. John Donne's so-called metaphysical poems all contain an extended metaphor, a conceit. This time, the sun is a metaphor essentially for all things deemed important in the world. Time, princes, hunting, school, power, riches, laws of nature. They're nothing compared to the love happening right here, right now. The term metaphysical is more of a generational label than an actual adjective describing the poetry. The term metaphysical was coined by critic Samuel Johnson for a group of poets in his day who used extended metaphors to talk about intellectual subjects. In this case, that conceit is the sun. Now, behind all of the fussing at the sun is some history. In 1543, Copernicus published the work that demonstrated the sun was the center of the universe, or the cosmos, let's say. So it had only been a relatively new conception to suppose that the sun was the center of things. Dunn's take here seems to suggest that love, not the sun, is at the center. Now, of course, that's not an actual cosmological model. Their bed is not literally at the center of the universe. It's figurative. And this is a crucial point about poetry, and often what makes it different than prose. Poetry, with all of its devices and imagery and metaphors, is the cry of the human soul, the offshoot of being a living, feeling, breathing subject of human. It's the textbook, not of the classroom, but the journal of the human experience. Yes, 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 the earth may revolve around the sun. Ah, but who cares if you're in love? And, well, getting laid. It's actually a rather rough-around-the-edges response to scientists claiming to tell us about our existence. John Donne says, Our bodies may revolve around the sun, being rocketed through space at 100,000 kilometers an hour, but our lives? (sighs) Our lives do not. Go ahead and have another listen. The Sun Rising by John Donne Busy old fool, unruly son, why dost thou thus, through windows and through curtains, call on us? 
must have thy motions, lover's seasons run. Saucy, pedantic wretch, go chide late schoolboys and sour apprentices. Go tell court huntsmen that the king will ride. Call country ants to harvest offices. Love all alike, no season knows nor clime, nor hours, days, months, which are the rags of time. Thy beams so reverend and strong, why shouldst thou think? I could eclipse and cloud them with a wink, but that I would not lose her sight so long. If her eyes have not blinded thine, look. And tomorrow late, tell me whether both the Indias of spice and mine be where thou left them, or lie here with me. As for those kings whom thou sawst yesterday, and thou shalt hear, all here in one bed lay. She's all states, and all princes I, nothing else is. Princes do but play us. Compared to this, all honors mimic all wealth alchemy. Thou, son, art half as happy as we, and that the world's contracted thus. Thine age asks ease, and since thy duties be to warm the world, that's done in warming us. Shine here to us, and thou art everywhere. This bed thy center is, these walls thy sphere. You might notice that the whole thing is really a monologue. It's one man. The center of this man's life is not the sun. It's his own mind, his own soul, perspective, his subjective experience. And does that revolve around this woman? Do you think maybe his 17th century drinking buddies will be annoyed that he bailed on their dice night at the tavern to be in this bed? No, this man says, princes do but play us. Compared to this, all honors mimic. Us, the two of them. This, one thing. If you want to try it, Imagine a time that you feel connected to someone, and then imagine that being interrupted. Let's say you're playing video games with the boys, and then the internet goes out. You're enjoying brunch, and then it starts to rain. You're in the middle of a fun sports game, and a wet patch causes you to slip and sprain your ankle. Use that as a prompt to assert what you think is important over the interruptions. Get frustrated. John Donne's Obad, The Sun Rising, also expresses the job of the poet as being drastically different from the astronomer, or the laborer, or the ants. The poet's job is to do what Thoreau said, to suck all the marrow out of life, and publish that to the world. John Donne could have done this more essay and prose-like, but that would be somehow looking objectively at something very experiential felt, subjective. Poetry, then, is the moody cry from deep within our souls exclaimed to the world. It comes directly from our gut, from the burning, sun-like center of our human existence. 
Hey y'all, Preston here. Thanks for tuning in again. My favorite line of today's poem is, I could eclipse and cloud them with a wink. Tell me yours or ask me stuff on Preston's Poetry Podcast Instagram or Facebook page or via the website, Preston's Poetry Podcast. Dot com. We'll see y'all.